time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend just a few moments advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. We have nothing to fear. Really? Oh, I forgot. I left out the last part. That's fear itself. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. This is a premise that was advanced by both Franklin Roosevelt and Winston Churchill during World War II. It is a thought that the only true frightening thing is to be controlled by fear itself. Sounds pretty good. I mean, as far as sitting in a room listening to someone speak and share that, it would be difficult to stand up and be an advocate for fear. So I'm not going to do that myself today. What I would like to question in our attempt to gain this 2020 vision of life is what invites fear? If all fear was initiated by frightening circumstance, which it's not, then we could work on avoiding those circumstances or surround ourselves by those who could calm us down when the danger is present. But fear is not a reaction. Fear is a state of mind. It's kind of like a, a racehorse that's kept up in a stable in the upstate, being taken out of its stall every day to run some paces. But always it's preparing for the Kentucky Derby. See, fear never leaves once it establishes itself. Little pieces of it show up in all our actions, all our decisions. A little bit of fear just exists itself in the hearts of all people who allow it to bed down. So when something truly frightening does come on the horizon, that nurtured fear, that well-fed fear in our minds raises off to all sorts of unnecessary conclusions. Can we get rid of our fear that is inside of us? As FDR said, fear itself. And what causes fear to feel comfortable enough to hang around? Shall we say for that moment of just in case? There are three great fears that can exist inside of us, live, which if we would temper with our awareness and our wisdom would keep us from being immobilized by our apprehensions and also from being oversensitive to the actions of others. I myself have been working on these three fears for at least a decade. I'm trying to alleviate their power over me. 
knowing that each time I gain ground, I can lose a little of that fear that dwells and possess more of the good cheer that keeps me lighthearted enough to use my creativity to address my present problem. Because bluntly, you cannot address your problems from a fearful heart. The fear itself, the fear itself will taint all your efforts. It will give you shaky hands. Uncertain speech. Uh, uh, tentative moments. Uh, you, you mean you want me to do that? Or? Oh, okay. Keep in mind, we are not in search of confidence. That's baloney. What we do need is good cheer. And that a good cheer is an admission that there will be problems, but that at the end of, of the fight, the solution will walk out of the ring as a victor. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, folks. The world would not still be revolving if, if solutions didn't win. You wouldn't still be able to get sugar-frosted flakes at the grocery store if, if, if solutions didn't win. They just win! And solutions go to those more quickly who can silence their fear. Solutions have and will continue to win out over problems. Do you believe that? If you don't, you have this fear itself that dwells within. Unless, yet, unless fear has a stall in your brain which causes you to race toward terror. What keeps that fear hanging around? Number one, I'll tell you one thing that does. Correction. We are terrified of being corrected. It starts as children. It, it grows with adolescence. And it becomes full-blown, actually, with paranoia when we become adults. How about an example? We, 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 uh, we, we, we'll go down the road driving 10 miles over the speed limit until we see a police car. Then we'll slam on our brakes, looking feverishly in our rearview mirror, wondering if we're going to get caught and corrected. Correction stops us from growing and being without our permission. Correction comes from others who we may not deem worthy to correct us. Correction brings out the arrogance that we try to hide behind our civility. We are so afraid of being corrected that we will, we will lie, we'll, we'll cheat, deceive, we'll blame others, we'll deny our own beliefs and faith. Anything to avoid standing quietly and receiving our rebuke. It is fear that lives inside us. It is fear itself with no purpose for really existing. The way around being terrified of correction is to be self-inspecting. Taking those three steps backwards. You face a situation, you take three steps backwards from your ego to the point that you can see more clearly who you really are. Maybe change the few things 
that might be noticeable to others as problems. And therefore, avoid being corrected. My God, nobody is asking anyone to get used to correction. You won't. But you could lose fear itself by analyzing your own components and deciding if somebody lived like you and they did it in your presence, would you tolerate it? Or would you have to attack it, correct it? The second fear languishing inside us, by the way, is humiliation. Oh, Not only are we afraid of being corrected, but any sense that we have of being less than others, any atmosphere where we, where we might be made fun of, or any ridicule being thrown our way without our laughing along, well, it can absolutely immobilize us. It is necessary for every human being who wears skin and pumps blood to learn a style of humility in order to avoid the humiliation which keeps us in the cave of fear. Make up your mind. Shall it be humility? Or are you going to wait for humiliation? We don't become afraid. What we do is we activate the fear that's already in us by being ferociously horrified by something like humiliation. But to lose that fear, that fear itself, humility must step to the forefront. In other words, before you start talking to people and before you start talking about your two strengths or your two talents, instead share three of weaknesses. Balance it yourself. Yes, you yourself balance it before others degrade you by balancing it for you. Before you say, I'm going to go over here and do this thing, why not cushion it with the humility of God willing? I don't care if you don't believe in God. Simply admit that several things will have to come together really, really well for your wishes to come true. Your sheer, 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 sheer brute force or dynamic talent will not always win the day. We are constantly frightened of being humiliated, which makes it a fear itself sitting around ready to be engaged. So when you're chilled to the bone with apprehension over being corrected and nearly too frightened to move over humiliation, you can find yourself, that's right, you find yourself stalled like a horse, just like that horse that's living for the one moment for that Kentucky Derby. You must realize life is not about the Kentucky Derby. It's about plowing. It's about going to town. It's about pulling your buggy. It's about eating alfalfa. It's about mating with your mare or your stallion. It's never about the one big race. If you make it that way, putting all your aspirations in one direction, then the fear itself 
has the power to bring you down. You will be unwilling to hear the correction that just might improve your chances, and you will dread the competition that might force you to swallow last place. But I gotta be honest with you, there's one more. One more fear itself. The third one is death. Death should never be a friend. It certainly is not a solution. It's it's not a passageway to eternal life. Daggone it, none of us have enough information about what happens after we die to tout such supernal possibilities. Death, very simply, is when life ceases. What follows are the dreams of faith or the confines of a grave. But we must not let fear itself make us die many times. Not every chest pain is a heart attack. Yet, if you suspect it is, you experience a pre-death. Not every pain in the head is a tumor. Yet, if you worry about it, you experience a pre-death. Not every virus that comes along will invade your body and kill you, but if you think it will, then you will experience a pre-death. How many pre-deaths before we actually scare ourselves into an early demise. Fear itself is the enemy because it doesn't come upon us. It doesn't tempt us. It doesn't arrive to scare us. Fear lives in us because we have a fear of being corrected. Terrorized over humiliation and unnecessarily obsessed with our own death. The good news is we do not need to fear or have fear itself. But the better news is if we're willing to correct ourselves, welcome some humility and stand afar from our own death thoughts. We can produce the kind of good cheer that will allow us to overcome instead of being overcome. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.